Hello, everybody out there in podcast land. I am Chantal Bisson, author of the Without Losing Your Cool book series. I'm also a serial entrepreneur, and I may or may not be married to the world's most incredible husband, but I'm definitely mama to three sassy, fiery, ambitious adult daughters and newly minted grandmother to my grandson, Rory. My mama always said I had the gift of the gab. So welcome to my podcast, Without Losing Your Cool, where I tackle, discuss, and uncover the curveballs that come at you in this messy, beautiful thing called life and hopefully help you get through them without losing your cool. Take it from somebody who's been through a whole gamut of life's challenges, traumas, and obstacles. I'm your been there, done that, but it didn't kill me. It made me stronger cheerleader BFF you've been looking for. Every Wednesday, I will bring you some sassy, tell it like it is truth bombs, moments of reflection, and answer a burning question asked by one of my listeners, of course, and interview some incredible guests whose life experiences, stories, and expertise will make you feel seen and heard. Remember, none of us are alone out there. So let's dive into today's episode. Well, here we are again with another call-in question from a Without Losing Your Cool podcast listener. This week, let's see what Amy wants to know. Hi, Chantel. Amy here. Here's my question. So as a mom of two, how do I help my kids when I'm working on my own healing and self-discovery? How do I help them through those rough moments as pre-teens heading into the teenage years. How can I help them when I'm working on myself at the same time? Thanks, Chantel. Okay, well, if you've read my book, Parenting Your Teen Without Losing Your Cool, you know that I was the kind of mom that really went through it. I had a lot of trauma in my life that I hadn't healed. I didn't recognize this trauma, so I didn't know it was there. And I just thought that the way I was was the way I was, which was I had a really short fuse. I didn't. I wasn't very kind when I got angry. The words that I would say were just like me at my most upset. So there was no filter. There was no censoring going on. And I would just like let my hatefulness really my hatefulness toward myself and the people that had hurt me come out and I would verbally attack those around me who I loved if they had upset me. So I was a mess as a young mom. I was really not my best self. And even now at 52, like I still find myself catching myself to ensure that I'm not being reactionary and that I'm checking myself and asking myself, okay, well, where is that coming from? And what I'm thinking, the thoughts that I'm thinking in my head, are they really what I feel and really what I believe? And the thoughts that are there, do they need to come out verbally? And do I need to say those things to the person that I'm upset with? So there's a lot of taking pause that I need to do personally as the kind of human being that I am and the things that I've gone through. So Amy, I think there's a lot to um, consider here. And I think, you know, the best place to start is at the beginning, which is, you know, are you getting help for what you're trying to overcome and what you're working through? Um, Is it to that degree that the work that you're doing, the healing that you're doing. Do you have somebody that you're working with right now that is guiding you and supporting you? And if you do, then, you know, obviously it's always best to go back to that person and get their direction and get their input because 
they know you intimately in a way that I can't. I know, you know, I have this question from you. And as women who have gone through, you know, are gone through being parents and are in that stage of preteens and teens and whatnot, you know, we have that in common. So I respect that and I can speak to you um, woman to woman and what worked for me. But if you are working with somebody, obviously that person is going to be able to guide you and support you in ways that I never could. So I'm not out here trying to replace your people that you're working with, but certainly I can, as a girlfriend, share with you what worked for me when I was not healed and was healing while also being a mom, which obviously anybody who's in this boat, anybody who's simultaneously working on themselves and healing their shits while trying to raise, you know, decent, healthy adults and humans to send out into the world, uh, you can appreciate how really, really difficult that is. So not to undermine anybody who's going through it. And obviously there are a lot of us who maybe don't need that much support like we're not actually in care like we're not in therapy and we don't have somebody that we we see uh weekly or bi-weekly so it all just depends on where you're at and really for me i have to say that i think the thing that was probably the most helpful certainly in respects to how my kids felt in being parented by me while I was doing work, a lot of work on myself, was that I tried to be as honest with them as I possibly could. Like I tried to meet them where they were at, so to speak, in what I would share with them, right? Obviously you've got preteens, so you're not gonna get into the nitty gritty of what you're healing and what you're working on, and which again, because we're not working one-on-one, -on -one, Amy, I, I wouldn't know exactly what that is, but obviously you're not gonna, you know, sit your kids down and go, hey, this is what mommy's dealing with, and this is what I'm going through, and this is what I feel like. You know, like for me, when I was really, really at my lowest as a mom, and I share this in my book that's coming out, Loving Yourself Without Losing Your Cool, which comes out on in May, May 26th. I talk a lot about how like I didn't even wanna be alive. Like there was a long, long stretch of time, and I'm gonna get emotional here, but there was a long, long stretch of time where I really believed like in my heart of hearts that my entire family, my kids, Yannick, my extended family would all be better off if I wasn't in the picture anymore. And, you know, I, I wrestled with suicide ideology. You know, I didn't ever do anything. Like I didn't, you know, take pills or, or anything like that. Like I didn't, I didn't toy with it to that degree, but I remember very vividly believing that everyone would be better off if I wasn't there, if I wasn't here anymore. So, I don't know if you're at that degree of like just despair, but for me, that's how low I got. And I started to recognize, and and I think because I spent a lot of time in prayer and meditation, and, and back then I didn't know that it was intentionally seeking help and asking the divine and my angels and God to, to heal me and save me. But I think because I did a lot of that just you know, crying and asking for guidance and healing that I was guided and, and 
and directed into the spaces that would do the work. So whether it be I were I was led to books, like I would do this thing where I would go to bookstores and before going to a bookstore, I would I, I would literally pray and say, please have the book that would serve me most right now in my healing, please have that book come to me. Please have it like call me from the shelf as it were. So that was a really, really, really great tool that I utilized that I didn't realize was a tool until now I'm way on the other side of my healing. But that was really profound. So I I did a lot of that. I did a lot of asking for the, the proper book at the right time to come into my life. I did a lot, I did that the same with like, you know, social media accounts to follow, like whether it was just encouraging words or if it were, if it was an inspirational person who would heal and would really help me be feeling like I was in a cocoon and being safe with them. So those are some of the things that I did when I wasn't seeing a therapist. And when I did have the opportunity, whether it be financially or just it was the right time, that I would do the same thing for guidance with, you know, a healing partner. So that's something to do for you. Um, but going back, because I, I love to talk in circles, um, going back to what I was saying about your kids, when you meet them where they're at, is it's really important as parents that we be authentic in our relationships with our kids. And I talk about it in Parenting Your Team Without Losing Your Cool, that kids can smell bullshit a mile away. And teenagers, teenagers, sorry, I just spent this week recording my book and my voice and my mouth aren't working like they normally do. But teenagers, man, oh man, can they spot a hypocrite for like, yeah, they they can spot you also a mile away and they will call you out every single time. So there's no hiding from our children when we have work to do. So instead of trying to fake it, instead of trying to like put on a good front when you're with them and around them and act like you're not in pain and act like you're not suffering and that you have work that you're doing, just be honest with them. I think that's the most powerful thing. And I say it over and over. I've said it in my Raising Your Kids Without Losing Your Cool book. I said it in my Parenting Your Teen Without Losing Your Cool book. And I talk about it a lot in my new upcoming book as well that you know, we're not fooling anybody and and certainly we're not fooling ourselves. So we're doing the greatest disservice to ourselves when we act like everything's okay, when we act like our shit hasn't hit the fan or when we are trying to pretend like we're not faced with ourselves. You know, like you get to that point where you can only fake it so much, right? Like you get to the point where you can muscle through your life, you can drink enough so that you feel healed, you can drink enough that you feel great, you can do drugs, you can have sex, you can you can distract up into a certain point your healing. Like you can put off your healing to a certain point and then you just can't anymore. Like you just can't. And that's the beautiful thing about being in tune with yourself, right? And and loving yourself enough to recognize that you've hit your wall, that you're at the end, like you've come so far and you can't go any further without just doing the work, the healing work. So you know your kids better than obviously I would know them. Um, so I would sit in deep meditation and thought, thoughtfulness and prayer and 
again, call on your angels, call on your spirit guides, call on the divine, whatever you believe in and, and whatever you're connected to, whatever your source is. And I would just ask them for divine guidance. How can I communicate to my children that I have work that I'm doing? And bring them up to speed with where you are at in your own human journey, right? And there's really incredible power in this because what this does is it shows your child that you are a person that had a life prior to them, that you had experiences, that you had things that you are dealing with that you're working through long before they were children, right? So it humanizes you. You're not just like mom who's either a total pain in their ass right now, or you might be their favorite person. You might still be cool and they might still love that you drop them off at school and you volunteer at school or whatever your relationship is with them. But it really, really shows your child a couple things. And I talk about this at nauseum in all my, all my books is that you always want your child to understand that you are your own person, that yes, you are their mother, you have that hat and you are in that role. But you also are your own human being with your own needs and your own work that you're doing and your own desires and ambitions and passions that you have that you're trying to fulfill. So by engaging them in conversation in your healing journey, it allows them to understand that. But what it also does, and I think this is probably the most powerful piece, maybe, maybe they're neck and neck. They're both really, really powerful um, in your relationship with your child. But I think what's really, really cool is that it shows them that not being okay or the fact that there is work to be done and you're a grown up and you're a person they trust and they respect, it means that they can then look within themselves and say, okay, so the fact that I feel shitty or the fact that I'm insecure about this, that, or the other thing, or the fact that I have worries and anxieties, whatever it may be. If they can see you living with it and dealing with it, and then ultimately getting to the other side of being victorious over it, I think that, I don't think, I know because it happened with me with my girls, is that they come to recognize and understand that it's okay when they feel that way too, right? Like. If the adults around our children are vulnerable and authentic enough to show them what it means to actually be human, which is mean you like, you're going to go through all the gamuts of emotions. You're going to have days of incredible highs and joy and just like blessings and abundance and like life is easy. And then you're going to have those days, weeks, months, maybe years where it's fucking, it's not. And that is really, really powerful for them to witness because then they're going to be empathetic to not only you and other human beings who they have relationships with going forward, whether it be friends, lovers, coworkers, whatever, they're going to have a deep understanding of that this is what being human is about. And they're also going to see that with you and they're going to give you grace. And that's important because our children need to recognize that we're not robots, <laughs> we're actually human beings just like them. And we feel things deeply and we hurt and we have pain and we have things that we need to process and we need to heal and we need to let go of. So another really powerful thing to do is engage them in conversation during the times where you just can't, okay? So many of us women, as mothers, 
What we get in the habit of is pushing through, pushing through, pushing through, pushing through, pushing through until we finally collapse. We either finally, we either collapse in a fit of rage where we lash out at them or a partner without cause. It's just, it's just the boiling pot, you know, the boiling point. We've all seen our own parents do it. We've done it ourselves. So that's the other part of this puzzle is, it's, yeah, it's great for them to see you doing the work, but it's also really, really, really important that there is clear communication with them where it's like, it's a day. Like you might go to bed one night and you're you're done, you're burnt out. You have nothing left, your tank is empty. And you know that come tomorrow, you don't have it in you to get up in the morning to make a lunch or drive them. I would really encourage you, and I didn't do this because my healing really came later in our girls' lives, but I would really encourage that you communicate to them like, I'm having a really, really bad night today, tonight. I, when you're saying goodnight, I love you, I'm going to bed now, but if something doesn't shift between now when I go to sleep and when I wake up, I'm gonna ask you, if it's possible for you to take care of yourself in the morning, if you wouldn't mind helping mom and you know making your own lunch and grabbing your own breakfast, I will get up and take you to school. If, if that's something that you're able to do, if your job allows, if your lifestyle allows for that, have that conversation and ask them to be a partner in your healing with you. Not like you're dumping it on them, but that you're asking for their support and their understanding while you work through it. Because really, what you want to teach your children above everything else is empathy. You want to teach them what being human is really, really about. And being human is messy and beautiful and painful and joyful. It's just everything. All the good, all the bad, all the ugly all the time. So I really encourage you to bring your child in to your process in a way that they're emotionally ready for. You know, meet them where they're at as far as their maturity. And I can't speak to that again because I don't know your kids. But that's really what I think will help you parent your preteens while you're also doing your own healing work. Reggie's visiting. Those of you who don't know, Reggie is um, Reggie is my grandson, my four-legged grandson. He's a corgi. He belongs to my daughter, Michaela, and he loves when people say hi, even though they're not talking to him. Um, you can answer your phone, and yeah, he will, he will say hi right back. So let's recap what you're gonna do here. First things first, if you are working with somebody who knows you better than obviously I could know you from you leaving me this message and through Instagram uh, conversations, ask that person for tips on how to do your work on yourself while you're also being a mom to your preteens. They know you, they probably have a good idea about your family dynamic and the way your kids are and they'll be able to guide you and give you some really, really great tools to make sure that you're healing yourself without damaging them. I obviously was hit and miss with this. I was kind of 50-50. I had some guidance with this and then I got to the point where the bulk of my healing was done while my girls were, you know, grown and out of the house. So that's step one, you're gonna do that. Step two, meet your children where they're at and have conversations with them as to what you're going through. 
And again, you're not going to dump anything on them. You're not here to dump your shit on them. You're here to just let them know that you're a human being having human experience and that there are things from when you were maybe their age, you can always tie it back to them or when you were younger than them that happened to you that you went through that you're recognizing now that you didn't get a chance to work on and heal and let go of. And before you go any further in your life and in your relationship with them, you really want to get to the bottom of it so you can enjoy a healthier relationship with them. So mommy's going to be doing this work. And that might mean that sometimes mommy needs her door closed and she's going to be journaling for an hour or meditating for an hour, or that sometimes mommy's going to be needing privacy while she listens to podcasts, whatever it is, whatever your healing work is, let them know what it's going to look like so that they can understand the boundary and respect your time around it. Third, you want to make sure that your children understand that it is human to be having this kind of experience, that hopefully they don't have any trauma in their lives, but they will get to the point in their life at some point where there's going to be something that they need to undo and that you want to show them so they can bear witness to it being healthy for us to do that to ourselves, for ourselves, and for those relationships that we have in, in our lives. And so that's number three. And then number four is I want you to really, really, really consider if it's at all possible for you to do a retreat. And that retreat can be with a group of other people. It can be that it takes you away, like you can go away for the weekend, or it can just be that you just have alone time with yourself, either a staycation, go to a little hotel or a motel in your, in your region, in your area, take your journal, take your bubble bath, and just be alone. If you have that available to you where you have family member that can help you with your kids or a partner that can help you with your kids. But the bottom line is the only way we can get through healing ourselves while simultaneously parenting our children, especially during the difficult years of tweens and teens, is by being honest, communicating clearly, and acknowledging that you are a person that has your own needs and you have work to do. And letting your kids know that there is no shame in having to heal and having to do the work. You'll be setting them up to be great partners to themselves, great friends, great lovers, great coworkers, and just in general, really, really awesome human beings who go out in the world and make a difference. So you do your work and they'll witness that and they will grow up and they will do their own work and they will support those who they have relationships with when they need to do their work also. So it's this really beautiful, big, luscious, just divine circle of mutual respect, mutual love and understanding. And really that's the kind of people we want to put out in the world. Those are the ones who will make the world a much more beautiful place to live. And I wish you luck, Amy, on whatever it is you're working on, whatever it is you're healing. I send my angels to wrap you up in their love. And I really pray that you're able to do it quickly and thoroughly. And remember, I say this in loving yourself without losing your cool. It's not a race. There's no deadline. Healing yourself and transforming yourself, you don't have to race the clock, all right? There's kind of no finish line. We're always transforming. So keep that in mind too and be gentle on yourself, all right? Love yourself enough to give yourself the time and the space to get to the other side of your healing. Bless you. Well, 
that was fast, wasn't it? Here we are. We're already at the end. And I want to thank you for tuning in and listening to this episode of Without Losing Your Cool podcast. And thank you also for elevating us to BFF and cheerleader status in your life. I'm so grateful for your support. And I love having you here with me every single week. And most of all, I'm just deeply obsessed with bringing these juicy, raw and real combos to the table so that you can live your life without losing your cool. If this episode touched you and it made you think things and feel things, I'd love to hear from you. So please share your thoughts and feelings on social media and just make sure you tag us at Without Losing Your Cool. You can also subscribe and rate and leave a review on Apple Podcasts and send me a screenshot of your review so you can be sure to be entered to win some cool prizes from time to time. And if you have a burning question that you'd love to have me answer on an episode of my podcast, go to ChantelBison.com backslash podcast and leave me a message for your question to be featured on an upcoming episode. And you know what? Until next time, friends, do the hard things. Remember, you're never alone and show up like you mean it all without losing your cool.